fun, thoughtful, real conversations with leaders who figured out how to make a life change and who used their story to move themselves forward. I'm Deborah Muniz. Let's figure it out. I'm thrilled to welcome Eva Day back to the podcast. Eva is the co-founder and co-owner of Summit Prep, a tutoring company based in Summit, New Jersey. As you may recall, Eva was a guest on Podcast 28 in December 2019, before the world turned upside down. Today, we come back together to talk about how the pandemic is affecting standardized testing and what those tests look like going forward as of now. If you have a child who is a junior or senior in high school, you're going to want to tune in for this episode. Eve and I have been talking about doing this episode since March, and we bring it to you today as there are more finalized details to share. Please do remember to reach out to Eva and look at the testing sites for up-to-date information as you progress on your testing journey. I encourage you to go back to episode 28 to hear more about Eva and her tutoring company's whole person approach, where they aim to show students love, respect, and empathy in order to cultivate their humanity as well. Eva is a graduate of the University of Chicago. Following some time in the corporate world, she discovered her passion for teaching when she led a few local students in achieving incredible success on their SATs and ACTs. Dissatisfied with the one-size-fits-all approach of tutoring, Eva set out to create modern teaching methodologies, techniques, and motivating systems that reflect the same process. Along with her business partner, David, they developed the company's adaptive learning indexes from over 20 years of past SATs and ACTs. A decade and hundreds of students later, she proudly boasts an average score increase of eight points on the ACT and 220 points on the SAT. Her personal philosophy is only by knowing how one learns can knowledge be imbued and the joy of education discovered. Today, we talk about standardized testing during the pandemic. Let's figure it out with Eva Aday. I'm so excited to have you back because I know that there's a lot of questions that parents and also students have about tests and what is happening in this crazy world right now. So uh, welcome back to the podcast. What has been the impact of the virus and the closings to the ACT and SAT exams? That's a great question. So first I wanted to start off by stating or noting that like Although, like, all the intense closures in response to the virus is, has been and is good for our physical health, it has obviously inevitably taken uh, a toll on our mental health. So, um, I know that students are stressed and anxious because of all the uncertainty, um, but I'm hoping that I feel confident that after this, our, our um, conversation, hopefully uh, both parents and students feel better and have clarity, especially for rising seniors and juniors about their SATs and ACTs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just, I definitely want to put that out there. Uh, what the immediate impact has been, and my answers may seem <laughs> very technical and very nerdy, but I do think that getting this information right now is important, has been that for the ACT, juniors were unable to take the April exam for this year. Um, the ACT, however, did come out and state that they're committed to offering summer exams. And students are now able to take um, the June test and the July ACT coming up. Um, on the SAT and SAT subject test, juniors and all students have not been able to take the test in about six months. So wow. the la yeah, right? The last time the SAT was given was in Dece December 7th of last year. Um, wow. I know. Yeah, so wild. all those... 
kids hoping to get in on the spring, um, like some early summer. Mm-hmm. That's been something they just haven't been able to take advantage of. Yeah, yeah. Both the Mark and the June FATs for this year were canceled. And, you know, you can only imagine, right, especially when now we're in June, most of these kids have graduated their junior year and they're rising seniors. Um, but, but to be rest assured, the SAT decided to add another test date. So now students are able to take the August 29th test, come what may, and they add it September 29th. So if you are in the U.S., you have a test, um, a test date option for September, October, November, and December. Oh, wow. That's great. So I know. I know. Um, international students will have these exceptions except for November, but um, these exams we can say are happening no matter what. So that's, that's really important and really good for students. Good. So those, so no fear. They'll be able to get a few in before applications are due, sounds like. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I would say at least if they're, again, going to be rising seniors, they should sign up um, if they're taking the ACT. If they're too late for the June, definitely the July ACT. If they're taking the SAT, definitely the August SAT. Okay. And how will, are, are there any specific changes? Will these changes affect the scoring? The changes in the schedule will affect the scoring and the curve. How does that work? Yeah, that's actually, um, that's also a great question. So we know that some students, obviously, some students actually did get to take March, uh, a few in, in New York City as well. Um, but we are expecting a lot more students to be taking the August SAT and obviously also the July ACT uh, than they typically do. So we, we do not think, though, that this will have that much of an impact on the curve because we expect for the test makers to account for this. You know, not to make anyone nervous, I will say that it's important to point out that in the last couple of years, the SAT um, hasn't always been the most consistent when it comes to curves in general, but I think that they are taking, hopefully, um, special precaution in order to make sure that everything is smooth and they account for the influx of students that will be taking it. Right. Kids have the opportunity to take the test online, or do they have to go and sit live? You know, um, there's a saying that says, uh, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, and an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Hmm. So, in other words, there are times when um, we can have multiple opportunities to succeed at something, and that is what the SAT and ACT, I think, are really trying to do. So, for the ACT, yes. They are saying come fall, um, they will offer online chances for students to take the exams online. The SAT said that they're going to wait and see what happens in the fall, but they'll be ready. And as of now, they're they're planning not to. So the ACT, so regardless, like I just said, come this fall, um, you know, even if uh, exams are going on in person, you have a paper and pencil option, or you can go and take the online um, option. We currently have a blog about the online ACT and we were able to take a look at it preliminarily. Um, so you can go on our website and you can take a look at that blog and, and read a little bit about the description of what that online ACT is going to look like. Oh, great. I'll link to that in the show notes. 
So just based on what you've heard, will the test be similar if they're taking it either online or in person? Will there be, will there be any differences from a content um, perspective? Yeah. Well, definitely not from content perspective, and, and not from what we've seen. So um, my business partner, um, David, actually had an opportunity to not just go through the online example, the online test, but we recorded it for our clients. Um, and it's not different in terms of content, but it looks like if you were, you know, taking post-secondary exams like GREs and GMAT, you know, you can go back and forth per page, et cetera, and it, it, nothing changes in terms of the content, but it is a little different um, than actually, you know, going ahead and doing it on pen and paper. They do offer a little bit of nuances that really help kind of make it feel as if you are still taking it as pen and paper, but yeah. How is that? How is that? Um, that's, so you're, you're asking like, what is the uh, nuances that they're right. giving for? Yeah. Yeah, I think, so they give you the ability to go back and forth. So the preview gives you the ability to go back and forth. Um, you can see all the sections when you log right in. So that's a little different than doing it on pen and paper. So you can see the English section, the math section, the reading section, and the science section. Obviously, um, you're not going to get a chance to go ahead. There is a timer on the side, which makes life a lot easier. You know, students can actually yeah. time themselves without having to, uh, you know, go in and look at a watch and things like that. You can go back and forth. So if you want to skip a question and then go back later, you're, you're able to do that. And the video is actually also on the website. So it goes through everything, and you're able to actually see, really, live, like, what it, it's going to look like. Oh, great. And that's on your website? They can yeah, it's on our, okay. Yeah, they can access that. And I think the video is about eight minutes long. When you click into the test itself, I mean, you can go on our website and, and watch the video, um, but when you click into the test itself, um, you can see that it, on the top it'll tell you how many questions you've answered, you know, how many questions are an, unanswered, et cetera, and then the answer choices come on the side. It highlights for each question what specifically they want you to change, especially like for grammar section, if they're asking you to um, change word choice or punctuation, they'll highlight that and then you'll look at the option. So it's really nice. Personally, nice. I think it's, it's really nice, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. And I think one of the um, one of the advantages, so the silver lining that you know, I hope that everyone takes away from this, is that students have been taking, at least now for a whole semester, online courses and online exams. So they've had a little bit of practice in doing things online that I, I think will set them up even more for this exam in the fall because they didn't have that before, right? They were just doing regular in-school brick and mortar, but they spent right. the whole spring semester doing so. And so what would be your advice to those juniors and seniors of how to prepare for these tests that they may opt to now take online versus print? Is there just a different methodology to that preparation that you'd um, recommend? That's a fantastic question. Um, I would say yes and no. I mean, 
uh, the, the first thing would be familiarize yourself with the format. Familiarize yourself with what it looks like, you know, how to actually navigate uh, the online test part. Content is the same. Strategy is mm -hmm. the same. They're not changing the time aspect of it. Um, you know, we can go into a little bit more nuances because the come fall, the ACT will make bigger changes um, besides just introducing an online version. So we can talk a little bit about that. But I would say content-wise, there is no difference. Um, Strategy-wise, there's no difference. But in terms of navigating and knowing how to utilize online tests itself, you should definitely study for that and at least get yourself previewed to that. Okay. And Based, you know, I know that this is all new, but to what you can speak of, how are the test prep companies um, ensuring that kids aren't cheating when they're taking these tests from home or wherever they are doing it on the computer? Now, because they have yet to actually introduce the exams online, we do not yet know what ways they're going to mitigate at least any sort of cheating, um, et cetera. But we have had a little bit of a preview with the AP. And what that entailed was, it was a shortened version. It was, it was very different. Every student um, had a different, for example, the AP US History, every student had a different DBQ question. And so that was their specific DBQ question that they had to answer, et cetera. Before they could even log in, they had to delete all the plugins and the cookies on their um, online account. They had a specific number that had to be matched. I didn't hear students making, you know, getting a panoramic of the room. However, they were given specific guidelines right before the test. They entered into the test. They couldn't close it until it was done, and they couldn't open other browsers. So okay. the College Board did that for the AP. I will argue that the standardized exams are a little different, and it's not, it's not like they're more important. Um, but it's more kind of worldwide, so mm -hmm. they may have to take different sort of actions towards making sure that that exam is secure. Right. A kid can get creative, I'm sure, <laughs> to figure yeah, things. Yeah, no, they can. No, yeah, they can. But you know, yeah. one of the things I want most parents to keep in mind is for GREs, for LSATs, um, for MCATs, you are taking these exams online. Mm -hmm. So you know. Taking higher education exams online is not something new. Also, we know that the ACT does give the exam online in different parts of the world. So I think that they are more, you know, they're used to it and they, they've done this, but not on such a large scale. And you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. Um, people can get creative, so I'm sure that they're making sure they cross their T's and dot their I's. Right. So how will... If there is any impact, how will the SAT and ACT cancellations that we've had so far affect the college application season in the fall that you foresee? Well, that is that is a pretty um, that is a pretty lengthy subject. So the um, I would say that schools are being very flexible. They understand the circumstances, um, and this the whole COVID, all the you know, all of the closures have impacted colleges and universities themselves. So they, they don't expect um, or students are not going to be penalized for this. You can find updates for changes to admissions, events, deposit dates, all of those things. Um, 
on the National Association for College Admissions Counseling, so the, the NACAC or um, website. Okay. And all, so you can find all of these. Before COVID, college admissions were already under a lot of pressure because of um, recent changes to their code of ethics, et cetera. But we are thinking things like um, early decision and early action might be impacted. Some schools may choose to push it back. Um, we know that uh, we know that for sure. Most of these most of these schools are trying to figure out um, what they're going to do with students' transcripts, right? So um, how they do they, their whole spring semester, how to pass fail. Um, if they do take the standardized exams, which we're hoping that they'll do summer through fall, um, they will have to submit their scores a little bit later. So juniors may choose not to apply ED or EA um, mm -hmm. and apply regular decision to help them, right, so that they can get their ideal scores, show strong, um, strong fall grades, et cetera. So all of those things are in play here. And, you know, some believe that colleges, are going to, with all the changes that are happening, colleges are going to focus more on your essays, uh, especially mm. your common application essays. And that may, hopefully, that's the only thing that's consistent so far. And they right. may maybe put a little bit more of an emphasis on that. So there's, there's quite a bit um, that's still up in the air when it comes to college admissions. And okay. I've heard that a lot of colleges are going to test optional. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, so I mean that is that's a great point, but uh, I want to re really emphasize that are these exams still important? Um, absolutely. So colleges will continue to care just as much, maybe I would say more, about test scores. Um, we also have another blog written on this, but one of the things that we mention or we point to is Cornell's press release, right? ongoing test optional. They made it a point, uh, and they really emphasize that Cornell still cares about the SAT and ACT scores, and that that's coming from a school that has gone test optional, not mm -hmm. to mention most schools, particularly the most selective, that have still not gone test optional, right? Yale, Duke, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of us already know, though, that test optional admissions, you know, only applies to students that the schools already wanted to admit without scores. So there's no generalization, but sometimes college grant recipient students, um, et cetera, or students that are very well connected, legacy student, multi-generational students, um, who would have gained admittance anyways, but now their test scores do not have to bring them down. Okay. So test optional admissions, it has always been, in a way, sort of like a public relations and ranking boost. It's not a change to the status quo of college admissions. You know, for instance, when the University of Chicago, um, which we know is like what rated anywhere between the top three and the top five um, schools, went test optional in 2018 for the admissions cycle, their average SAT and ACT scores for admitted students increased. Wow. So that indicated that um, they likely took students like they wanted to take regardless of the score. Um, so my advice to most parents out there is 
if you are applying to uh, more selective schools or specific programs, et cetera, your SAT and ACT scores will only help boost your chances of getting in, even in schools that say that they're quote, unquote, test optional. Um, it is becoming more of the popular thing to do um, in order to be test, in order to, I guess, attain test fairness or mm -hmm. the adherence of it. Mm -hmm. um, due to recent controversies, but those schools still really very much expect you to have um, scores. So, so what I'm hearing is the average student and family, you know, when the parents are talking to the student, it's not, all right, yay, I don't have to take these tests. It's no, you should still take these tests. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. it's not a, it's not a get out of jail free card. Oh, good. One more, one last no. thing I have to do. It's, no, no, you should still do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes when kids are told optional, it's like, oh, good, I don't have to do it then if it's an option. Yeah, I, I, yes. And, but I think that that's, that's why things like this, um, you know, speaking to be it Summit Prep or any other company about um, even just to ask the question, what are the best next steps, will give you a little bit more information. Um, because schools, universities, although they're not businesses, kind of run like that, and it's very important for them to also um, ensure the public that they're doing everything they can in order to be fair, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when they put out things like test optional and they put out things like oh, test blind, et cetera, it's really important to note that sometimes, I mean, like California just did, they are saying that in the next couple of years, they're going to introduce their own exam to enter into their colleges. But regardless, you are going to need um, some level of standardization for them to have a good idea of how prepared you are for college content. Right, right. So much to think about. And, you know, you and I have been talking for a couple of months before having this conversation yeah. because we wanted to be sure that we held this conversation at a moment when there was something tangible for you to share. Uh, yeah. We recognized that, you know, back in March, there was just so much up and down yeah. that we wanted to, to wait. We could give people some, some solid information. But that said, the world is changing, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Eva and I will continue to stay in touch and um, deliver information to you. And of course, go to Eva's, uh, to the Summit Prep website and to their, their Instagram account. And of course, parents should do the due diligence of going to the standardized companies for moment-to-moment -moment information um, and confirm information as well. Yeah, and I mean, I think there are other things that we could mention in mm -hmm. detail if people would like to know, you know, about specifically the standardized exams in the fall. This is mostly important for, again, juniors and rising seniors, actually. As I mentioned before, the SAT will have August, September, November, and December. Um, all of those dates for seniors, writing seniors, to take the exam. Um, for the ACT, on the other hand, they, I mentioned they're scheduled to update the test for September 2020. And among those three, among the, the changes are three major changes that I think will be really beneficial for fall college applicants. Right, at least there's something, there's some good news out there. Mm -hmm. um, the first part is called section retesting. 
And for, go ahead. For rate for this is for the ACT, correct? This is for the ACT. Yes. Okay. Go on. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh no, of course. Uh, section retesting, and this allows uh, you to retake individual sections once you have sat for the entire test one. Okay. This is huge. So yeah. any ACT that's been taken since September of 2016 will qualify. That's a very very big deal. So it's huge. Um, yeah, this so, is crucial because go ahead. So you have to have taken the ACT once fully, and then this next mm-hmm. time you can go back and take however many sections that you want. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can go and take each individual section. So. For example, the ACT has four. We have English, we have math, we have reading, and we have science. So you do very well, you know, let's say in the English, science, and math, but, you know, the reading didn't go well. You can go in, and instead of sitting for the entire exam again, you can just sit uh, for the reading section the, the, the next time. That's awesome. You have the ability, yeah, you have the ability to do that. And I think this is crucial because we're now working within a shorter timeline. So you mm-hmm. won't have to pre, like, re-prep for the whole thing and just focus really on sections, especially right. if you're a senior. That's they, great. They're introducing super scoring. And they had that before where a lot, you know, some schools were super scoring. But what they're doing now, and for those of you who don't know what super scoring is, They'll take all the highest sections um, from your test, your previous test, and calculate it to give you an even bigger composite test score. So they're pre-calculating that. So that's the first thing that colleges are going to see when they open um, your ACT application part to see your scores. And then they can click in to see, you know, the whole test score. So their super score, which is sometimes two or three points higher, then maybe your highest composite score is going to be the score that they see first. That's huge. Huge, yeah. Yeah, so you're putting, they're literally ensuring that you're going to put, you know, your best foot forward. And then the last is the digital option that, like, you know, I talked about. They're going to allow you to choose between paper and pencil and then the computer-based test come September. So it yeah. really seems like they're they're really trying to work with kids to, to help them put their best foot forward and um, do something that's, convenient and help them to be more successful, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then are there any changes like that to the SATs or is that there's how it's been for years? It is how it's been for um, <laughs> since 2016. So, okay. so yes, they are the same old, not as exciting, no. Um, <laughs> you know, they did change the SAT in 2016, so there is that component of it. Um, like I mentioned before, the SAT has said that um, they want to wait and see how it goes in, in the fall. And if things are canceled in the fall, they will also introduce an online version. But no, they have not given students the ability to just take each section and introduce, like, you know, all of these updates like the ACT. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a world where we make great plans and see what happens uh, as we move forward with all of this. Yeah. Well, if you had any words of advice, words of wisdom for those juniors or seniors, because they are two very, very different mindsets, I think, at this mm-hmm. juncture, what, what advice would you give to them regarding tests? 
regarding test taking? Okay. I would say that first, remember that you were prepared or preparing for the test before all this all of this happened. And what we are helping our students do and what I would encourage you to do is to stay prepared. Right? Um, I'll share a little anecdote that my business partner told our students about Isaac Newton. And he was like, you know, it, it was in 1665 during the Black Plague and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people had died within the first couple of months, etc. And um, Isaac Newton, being a, a student at Trinity College, was sent home. And so he sent home, and it was the first, the next year he was in quarantine for a whole year. And during quarantine, it's what we now refer to as his wonder years, because it was during that time that he worked his hardest, and he came up with the laws of motion and gravity and invented calculus, and all the things that we use in medicine, engineering, statistics, physics, economics, and so be it, right? So in that year of quarantine, in that time, is when he made all of these discoveries that have impacted and changed the course of human history. Why do I say this? Um, because you could really use any situation, and I know that this has been a really tough one for everyone, and pivot, use that opportunity and the time at home to really work hard on what you were doing before in order to make sure that you stay prepared and you take advantage of the test when time comes. So um, one of the first practical things that I will say is reschedule your exam if you have not done so already, especially for my seniors. So we have a resource that has consolidated all the available tests and available seats in the Northeast and Florida, um, because we know a lot of people like to vacation in Florida, um, for the July ACT and the August SAT. So please feel free to reach out to me um, at eva at summitprep.us, and I can send you the list. It's updated weekly and biweekly, um, respectively. So that's first. Great. The second thing is um, if you are prepping, prepping, please continue to stay um, focused on your sessions. And we have had many of our students, like I said before, since they, weren't, they didn't have any extracurriculars or other things distracting them, continue, if not, you know, increase the amount of sessions that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Because of our adaptive indexes, um, we target students on what they need to study and not necessarily what they want to study. So I'm going to encourage all of the students, juniors and seniors that are studying it, to focus on your weaknesses, right, instead of what you may feel more comfortable studying. Um, yeah. I want you to analyze and check your work through practice exams, you know, and continue to perfect things, you know, and even with some prospective future colleges, you know, that have gone test optional, et cetera, I want to reiterate that the, these SAT and ACT scores are going to help you stand out, and they are an important part of getting into, into school. Many thanks to Eva for joining me today. As she mentioned in the podcast, you can reach out to her at eva at summitprep.us. And you can learn more about Summit Prep at summitprep.com. As the time we're living in continues to change greatly, please reach out to Eva and the testing providers for timely information and updates. This is a time of such isolation. And one of the things that has kept me engaged and upbeat is being a member of the COCO and Summit. 
they've pivoted to offering virtual workshops, support groups, and virtual office hours that help to keep the members accountable and create a space for actually getting some work done. I know now might not seem like the time to join a workspace, but when your workspace is virtual, it is. The Coco offers a community of hundreds of women who I have personally found to be smart, generous, encouraging, kind, and supportive. When you're home with your kids or trying to focus on your business, it's really helpful to have a community who you can go to for support. This is that community. Visit the Coco online at theco-co.com and tell them Deb Muni sent you. I'm Deborah Muniz, and you've been listening to Let's Figure It Out. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Deborah Muniz or at DebraMuniz.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast at iTunes. Fun, thoughtful, real conversations with leaders who figured out how to make a life change and used their story to move themselves forward. This is Let's Figure It Out.